0: Yeah, you have to do the taxes, you have to do the financial statements, but it's when your clients come to you looking for your input on a transaction they're going to do or really anything they might have going on. That's the fun stuff.
1: From Ray & Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at wwwracpacom podcast and sign up for updates. Identifying when it's time for you to finally retire isn't an easy decision to make. Then when you finally do decide it's time for you to exit the business, you soon realize how difficult it is to actually make the whole retirement thing happen. There are so many moving pieces and so many factors to take into consideration that it can actually be intimidating to get started. On today's episode, we're going to talk to Bill Eubing, owner of WJ Ubing and Associates, about what his transition into retirement has been to date and what advice he has for other business owners that may be embarking on their own retirement journey. Welcome to Unsuitable, Bill.
0: Thanks, Doug. Good to be here.
1: Appreciate you jumping on. Uh, you're now part of the the Ray team uh, as you've you know merged your your firm into ours as you transition away into the great retired CPA sunset. So, talk a little bit about how you started the process uh, of thinking about yeah, is this the right time, or or you know what was your your thought process? Uh, maybe a couple of years back.
0: Well, I know for myself, I just kind of knew. And I think that's the way it happens for a lot of people. I think you just get a feeling of when you might want to start getting more time to do other things. I was in public accounting for 45 years, roughly. So I was pretty sure that along with a lot of the county rules changes and tax changes going on recently, Mm. that maybe it was time to start thinking seriously about it.
1: Well, you don't look like you've been at it for 45 years. So you, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know when I tell people that they're like, Bill's been at it that, that long. But, uh, but yeah, I I imagine so it's, it's sort of that, that knowing feeling that you just, you know, gosh, I, I don't know if I, if I want to invest everything I need to invest in, in my business. Is that, that kind of sense?
0: Yeah. I think that's part of it. And I think when you've been doing anything that long, either you, I mean, some people do it into their 70s and 80s because they love it so much. Um, I don't think accounting works that way all the time, especially taxes. Um, So, yeah, I think you just get a feeling because, you know, we have to get continuing education every year and keep up on all that. So it's just, uh, I don't know, I just kind of knew that it was time to start thinking seriously about it.
1: Time to enjoy the grandchildren a little more and go ride that motorcycle, right? Yeah,
0: ride the motorcycle a little more, except... The weather's too hot for me.
1: Yeah, I I get it. So
0: coincidentally, I mean, just then you called me, and we had breakfast that one morning, as I remember. We had coffee, right? Just kind of asked me, "So, what are you thinking about these days?" Then we got into the conversation.
1: Yeah, and it's funny how that you know leads to you know things down the road, and, and certainly where we are today. So. As as you then decided, okay, maybe I'm going to start thinking about this and exploring this. How did you go about thinking about well, who who's a a potential, you know, who's the right fit and and who's a potential buyer for for my business? Uh, how did you go about your own evaluation during that process?
0: Well, I think the first thing I did, I started reading a lot, especially as the sale of Um, CPA firms is related. Mm -hmm. I just tried to educate myself on how practices are currently valued in today's world because that changes all the time depending on what's going on. And as far as picking a firm to talk to, my practice is very heavily into the construction industry. So Mm -hmm. that was a prime factor. Um, I wanted to make sure whoever I merged with would be able to service my clients over the long term in that industry and then also as a sole practitioner i was still doing audit engagements this is coming out of the, the larger firm area yeah and uh, so i was doing audits and reviews as well as all the tax work so i had to have a firm that did audits primarily so i knew then it was going to be possibly you know a larger firm than a local practitioner yeah so those were my things that i was looking for a firm
1: well, one of the things I found unique in, in talking to you as we went through this process was you were very focused on on the culture for your clients and how they would feel sort of after the fact, and and I, I very much applaud you for that because a lot of the conversations we have, they don't they they maybe focus on the culture of the firm perhaps or the businesses you know when we have clients, but never how the as much as you did, at least how the, the clients and customers themselves are impacted. What what made you kind of focus on that factor a little bit more?
0: Well, again, I think it's where I was coming from as a sole practitioner mm. and my clientele working with a sole practitioner. I heard a lot through the years that the reason they were using me is because they liked having one individual They could call on the phone or contact when they had a question or an issue versus having to deal with multiple people. So they they just like that one-on-one relationship with somebody. So I knew the the replacement firm was going to have to have that same feeling toward my clients, basically. But as I got to know the people at Ray, um, I did get that feeling that they do care about the clients. They're like me. They enjoy working with the individual owners and the staff and the clients. So that was something I was looking forward to in order. We both wanted this to be a successful transition.
1: Right. And,
0: uh, and I, I knew my clients had to have that. To make it happen.
1: Did you take any lessons, uh, learned over the years from your own clients that you've seen go through, you know, M&A activity or, or even at your, your previous, uh, large firm? Have you what, what kind of tidbits did you take from those experiences, if any?
0: Mostly just the subjective things. As far as, uh, you know, an accounting firm, selling or merging an accounting firm to me is very different. And, you know, the basics are all still there. But when you're selling um, a manufacturing or a construction company, a lot of different issues come into play. So, yeah, I guess subjectively talking to my clients about what their plans were from a succession standpoint. most A lot, several of my clients uh, are getting to retirement age themselves. Yeah. So I was, through those conversations, I was finding out that, yeah, I think in another year, I'm going to look to sell this or shut
1: it down, whatever.
0: And again, that kind of influenced my decision as well. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be left in the cold. Per
1: se, so right and it's it's interesting you say that cuz one of the clients you know that we've already transitioned earlier this year they've they've already uh since gone through their own ownership transition you know right right internally which which you're aware of but yeah it's interesting it seems we're seeing a lot of that as, as folks start to think about uh the future and and obviously the economy up until this covid crisis has had a good run so it's been been a good time to transition
0: yeah i think um, a lot of the baby boomers are they're reaching retirement age or they've already reached retirement age so i i think i'm i personally i'm seeing a lot more of this going on with my clients
1: yeah now you you've obviously your your practice is largely focused on construction so we're, we're fortunate that that client base that that we serve obviously as well has fared better than most uh during this this uh crisis but how have you seen, I know you're still obviously working with a, a number of, of, of those clients as we uh, undertake this transition. How have you seen folks adapt out there? Do you think this has uh, changed anything from, from the perspective you've seen with your clients?
0: Well, like you say, construction is a big part of the practice. And overall, from, from talking to my clients, other than some inefficiencies that are now occurring on the job sites... For them, things didn't slow down. They were able to keep on working. So they just kept going and had to develop and follow OSHA standards for the whole COVID-19 issue. Yeah. So most of them that I have talked to, have, you know, things have gone on as usual. Unless they're serving a particular industry that maybe was affected heavily by it. Like the hotel industry, maybe. Yeah. The entertainment industry, things like that. Uh, yeah, those people actually did have to close down their businesses for a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let, let's um, pivot a little bit about to discussing, you know, what, how you've seen clients' needs change over time. Obviously, you said you, you know, you're a jack of all trades. It's just very unusual to be able to do all the assurance work, the tax work, some consulting work, etc. Have Have you seen their their needs change over recent years? Is that that a part of it? Part of what went into your your thought process or not? Not really.
0: Yeah, slightly so. I mean, again, as as clients age, their priorities change a little bit. They start mm-hmm. thinking about not working forever. So yeah, they they come to me, as I'm sure they come to you, and they say, you know, I'm thinking about selling my company, you know, or transitioning my company in five or six years. You know, what can you tell me about that? Right. And so yeah, I hear I started hearing that a lot from people, and I've helped several clients through selling their companies. And it's for me, it's been an educational process as well.
1: Yeah, I think I've been through those as well. And each time I learned something different in terms of what motivates people and what's important to them, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's that the tax planning becomes more important. Um, Other times it's, it just depends. It's the kind of the the soft issues that are of of more importance. Uh, You see all kinds, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think when you're dealing with outside buyers that, Versus inside buyers, it, it changes the whole aspect of the negotiation process. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of get some feel for why they want your company. And that can also affect your negotiations as far as price is concerned. I, Like I said, I've been through probably five or six major ones with my clients. And it's always interesting to me, the process Yeah, and how it goes about. You, you can really kind of play with it a little bit in some circumstances, some not,
1: Right, yeah, it's interesting. I was I was talking with uh, Mary Beth Kester earlier today, who heads up our evaluation practice, and and you know she's as busy as ever dealing with some of those things, just as you suggested. As um, I don't know if this COVID thing has accelerated that thought for some people, and they're just you know okay now I'm really going to get out. Uh, hard to say, but we're we're definitely in for. Uh, some permanent changes, I would think, with all yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I remember in 2008, maybe when the construction industry mm. was having some real issues, I had one or two clients just come to the conclusion that they didn't want to mess with it anymore. Yeah. And they, they had made good money and built their companies up, and rather than see it start getting picked away at, they, in those couple of cases, they just decided to shut it down. Yeah. Not, even, not even sell it, just shut it down, do an early retirement, move on.
1: Yeah, wind it down. Yeah, that it, it is interesting. Everybody's different, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Absolutely, no, not at all. Everybody's,
0: everybody's got different circumstances that they're dealing with.
1: Yeah, so you're still at this point. Obviously, we're, we're approaching the the new deadline here of July fifteenth. This this episode will air slightly after that. So, this this is kind of your your last official tax deadline, right? I mean, we we've, we've still got September and October, but are you going to do a little? Happy dance, a little celebration <laughs>
0: <laughs> next week. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get to celebrate in April, right? Unfortunately, so yeah, July 15th, and then one more project after that, which will get me into late August or something. But yeah, it's, I think about it all the time no more tax seasons. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice thing to think about. Although and I'm sure you guys will probably need something from me as we get into next year, as, get you introduced to the clients and how they work.
1: Oh, I, absolutely, we'll, we'll certainly rely on you for that, but at least you won't have to be down in the weeds doing. No, no,
0: no, I didn't. In fact, you know, this year, of course your, your firm took over my audit clients. So this was one of the first tax seasons in a very long time. I haven't worked evenings.
1: Oh, good for you. And then
0: come back home, you know? Yeah. So that was a nice change in itself.
1: I'm sure your, your wife and your family members appreciate a little extra time. Yeah, they did.
0: They did. It was, it was a nice change.
1: Now, you know, one of the things that we find when, when folks do transition away is, um, you know, thinking about the future. So what does it look like, you know, after the fact, so to speak? Have you, have you given much thought to, to that part of it beyond the personal stuff where, you know, family time and, and things like that? I mean, how do you stay... Or do you want to stay engaged at all professionally? Or is it just like, hey, you'll never see me again? Uh, (laughs) Nothing wrong with that either way, by the way. But everybody's got a different attitude I'm always interested to hear.
0: Yeah, I think my attitude right now is uh, just, you know, take some time to just enjoy not working, Mm -hmm. not working as hard anyway. And then it's just kind of wait and see, you know, uh, wait and see if I start getting bored or antsy a little bit. Um, yeah. you know, with, with our background, there's a lot of different things we can do. Mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be in the accounting world. Right. You know, maybe a client will come back to me with a project they want some help with or something. Yeah. But yeah, right now it's mostly just stop working and relax a little bit. And then if I do a good board, I'm sure I'll be out there. Yeah. to find something to keep me engaged.
1: Well, I know we'd we'd certainly have some things we'd we'd love to, you know, get your assistance on maybe next year or something. But yeah, no, no tax deadlines, none of that stuff. Yeah, none of that hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with you on on all that. So that's awesome. So one of the the other things you mentioned was find a buyer for you who focused on kind of that, that service and, and, you know, responding to the client and, and that, that client service aspect, how did you, how did you kind of evaluate that when you went through the process? I mean, yeah, you, you did, was it a feel thing or did you talk to other folks outside to get other opinions? How, how did you kind of go through to that process?
0: Well, like I said, a construction expertise was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, or else my clients wouldn't stay on. Um, so that was the key thing. Um, I did talk... To, uh, you, you and I met each other that day by chance, and we started talking a lot after that. And then when I decided I was going to get serious about selling the practice, um, I did talk to another firm, a firm that had been doing my peer reviews mm. since i have had my practice, just so I had two different angles to look sure. at. But... And this is, you know, nice plug for your firm. I mean, you guys to me anyway, appeared to be more I don't know if it's dedicated or anxious to build that part of your practice even larger than it already was. Um, yeah. You were doing a lot of things advisory-wise with your uh, construction clients. You just seemed to be more focused on the industry. And, and my clients, as we said before, some of them are getting older, some of them are reaching a transition stage and they're going to need help trying to decide how to, how to handle that. And there, we both know there's a lot of different aspects when it comes to merging and selling your company. So it had to be somebody that was going to serve my clients properly in my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, and and we do appreciate that, Bill. That was That's great. And I've, I've known a lot of clients who were yours and now are part of Ray for a number of years as well. And I think you have to take ultimately, which I know you did, and the thing that always stuck out to me about you... You really took pride in in those clients and who they were and, and how they did and you know you really got to know them well and I think that's something that is is rare uh, to see and, and I applaud you for it and and that's why it was always uh, attractive to me because that's that's the goal I have for how you serve clients you know you want to feel like you're a little bit a part of their success and you, you're there for them to help them out right.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the most interesting part of an accounting practice. I mean, yeah, you have to do the taxes, you have to do the financial statements, but it's when your clients come to you looking for your input on a transaction they're going to do or really anything they might have going on. That's the fun stuff. Yeah. That's the interesting stuff to to work with, with them. So yeah, I, a lot of them are coming after, you know, you work with people for a number of years, they do trust your advice. Yeah. yeah. And they do come to you. And it doesn't make you feel good that they um, want to seek out your input.
1: Yep. And I know many will uh will miss you uh from a full time basis. And uh we'll we'll find a way to to keep you connected with them, that's for sure. And I know I'm
0: I'm always available to
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> if you need me, call me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well well thanks, Bill. We'll have to get together and, and uh you know, cheer your official retirement here at some point when we can do that comfortably in person. So we look yeah, forward to Yeah, I'm that.
0: waiting for that as well, Doug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look forward to it. Well, thanks again. And uh, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at wwwracpacom slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.